This is ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Freddie Coleman together on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, and also on ESPN. You presented by Progressive Insurance. Amber, I thought it was 2023. I didn't realize it was 1973 when it comes to Northwestern football and hazing allegations against the program. For those who don't know, Adam Rindberg, ESPN.com, wrote a story on Saturday afternoon that Northwestern is going to reconsider penalties for Coach Pat Fitzgerald after new details emerged Saturday surrounding allegations of hazing in the football program. The university president of Northwestern, Michael Schill, in a letter sent Saturday late to the Northwestern community, wrote that he may have erred and waned the appropriate sanction for Pat Fitzgerald, who began serving a two-week unpaid suspension on Friday. It was among the measures Northwestern announced after concluding a six-month investigation that commissioned in the hazing allegations made by an anonymous whistleblower. Then Amber on Sunday night from Adam Rittenberg, a former Northwestern player who came forth allegations of widespread hazing within the program, spoke Sunday with University President Michael Schill, who is now considering harsher discipline for Coach Fitzgerald. The former player said he told Schill about the hazing he witnessed and experienced at Northwestern, much of which he said was sexualized. Schill, in a letter sent late Saturday to the Northwestern community, said he will reassess the two-week suspension Fitzgerald received Friday following that university commission investigation into the hazing allegations involving Northwestern football. Well, it's not just about whether he knew about it, right, when you're a head coach. And the former player, the whistleblower, uh, did tell ESPN that he did know about the hazing. But it's not just if the coach knows about the hazing, if the hazing is in fact occurring. It's that the coach is the head of the program, right? So if it's going on in his locker room, and if it, even if he doesn't know about it, you can see a big problem there that would easily cost a coach his role. I think that you have to pump your brakes a little bit, I guess, and let this investigation play out because as of right now, I believe we have one former player making these allegations. And so the university is looking into it. But what a strange situation, yeah. frankly, where the suspension comes down. It's only two weeks. Now they're reevaluating the suspension because that's clearly not enough if there is any weight to these allegations. Then you have another former player come out and tell ESPN that the former player who made these allegations had told him that he was going to try to take down Coach Fitzgerald and that maybe he would embellish things in order to do so. So that's another allegation from another former player that this player making these allegations maybe has some sort of personal vendetta against Coach Fitzgerald. Not that he's necessarily completely making up the allegations, but again, maybe he would embellish the allegations. There's a lot that goes into this story, Freddie, and we don't know much yet. Right. So we're waiting on a lot of information. It's a story that's incredibly disturbing, obviously. The allegations you just mentioned, that it's something that kind of harkens back to a different time when it seemed more prevalent in collegiate sports, the hazing. But we know that hazing still goes on when it shouldn't. So it's certainly not outside of the realm of possibility. We have seen it in recent years, and it certainly goes on in Greek fraternity and sorority life as well when it shouldn't. So it wouldn't be something that's unheard of by any means and something that the university absolutely should take seriously. The former player told ESPN, I'm going to read word for word the quote. Fitz, meaning Pat Fitzgerald, the head coach, absolutely knew about hazing in this program. Fitz absolutely failed by not intervening. Fitz knew and he should have made it stop. And if he truly did not know, he should not be the head coach. Either way, he should not be the head coach because he is not monitoring and protecting the safety and well-being of student athletes, end quote. The aforementioned Adam Rinberg, ESPN College Football Reporter, when he was on the Best Week Ever radio show on ESPN Radio over the weekend, he said, answering the question, would this story be as big if it was at a bigger football school? 
this is just a difficult situation and it hasn't been handled well by the university because if you're the president and again you commissioned the investigation you heard what that person found and you determined on friday that the sufficient penalty for your head coach was a two-week suspension that was going to end before big 10 media days and before preseason practice you're going to go from that to what a six-game suspension and outright firing that's a major step and, and it opens yourself up for lawsuits and all sorts of things uh, because again it wasn't as though this information maybe not every detail but 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 i'm told from people that were interviewed by that investigator that, that some of the terms that were out there in the daily story were asked about i don't want to use the word mess because i don't think that's the appropriate I th- uh, it's word. a mess it's a mess me, i think it, it's fair to say no, it's a mess no, it's beyond that it's another word that people like to use on social media a storm and mm-hmm. you can put the first word behind that when it comes to that, because that's what this is and even if it was at a bigger school it's still a story that somebody thought allegedly that this is a good idea to haze a current teammate or now a former teammate and do it in that manner allegedly so whether pat fitzgerald knew about it or not We'll find out exactly, Amber, the more and more that this investigation now has to go further to find out exactly what he did and did not know. But the fact that somebody thought to violate somebody like that in 21st century is still mind-boggling that that still is going on. And not just in college football, but as you mentioned, some sororities and fraternities are still doing this in the 21st century at, at college campuses across the United States. Yeah, I, don't, I do not understand the hazing thing whatsoever, but the allegations are there. And Fitzgerald has been the coach at Northwestern since 2006. He was a highly decorated player himself there. So that sort of complicates the situation, right, in terms yeah. of how the university might uh, handle things here with a head coach that is so beloved at that university. Yes, it would be a bigger story per se, I think from our perspective, from the media perspective, I so to speak, if it was a traditional football, if this was Alabama and this mm. with Nick Saban, certainly you'd be wall-to-wall coverage all over our network. That's just the reality of it. It doesn't make the allegations any less heinous that it's at Northwestern, right, instead of at a traditional football school like Alabama. Anywhere that this occurs inside a locker room, if these allegations are correct, is incredibly problematic. And of course, everybody should lose their jobs over it. But what you have to do as a university is when these allegations are brought to your attention and you're the president of the university, you immediately launch an investigation, which happened here. And then you allow the investigation to conclude before you make a decision about what you do with the head coach of the program. If you've determined that there was, in fact, no hazing, then there's no reason to institute some sort of harsh penalty here. But this back and forth wishy-washy that we're getting now from the university is a problem because it was there the hazing, Freddie? Like, what What have yeah. they determined that Coach Fitzgerald's responsible for? Why are they now kind of walking it back after it was only a two-week suspension? What was the two-week suspension even initially for then if mm-hmm. there was, in fact, nothing turned up by this investigation? It leads to a lot of questions. And frankly, it's going to lead to a lot of problems legally, which you heard Adam Rittenberg say in that clip. 
there is a potential here for Coach Fitzgerald as well. If they then go issue him a 10-game suspension, he's going to go sue the hell out of Northwestern because what was the grounds for that? And of course, all of these jobs have contracts and employment agreements. And so what's the grounds for this? It can't just be all of a sudden there's some sort of backlash now that this is in the media. And that's why you've now determined to revisit this issue without any new information, assuming new stuff and new evidence hasn't come to light. So this has been completely handled terribly by Northwestern. They needed to have all their ducks in a row and do this by the book before they ever issued a true suspension here to Coach Fitzgerald. You could have just said he's indefinitely suspended for right now during the pendency of this investigation and taken your time with it. It doesn't feel like that's what's happened here. And now, like you said, a bleep storm. Great stuff by Amber Wilson. Join me, Freddie Coleman, at ESPN Radio and also ESPNU and Sirius XM Channel 8. Here's something else. And I go back to something you said a couple of minutes ago about how well-liked Pat Fitzgerald has been as a member of the Northwestern football team, as a player. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame, and what he's been able to do as a head coach of this program, he's made them more relevant than ever before in the history of Northwestern football. If he wasn't as well-liked on that campus or involved in the athletic program, they would have fired Pat Fitzgerald, period, end of story, because he has not had a lot of football success lately. But because he's built up enough equity – there are going to be plenty of people that are going to speak on his behalf. We've seen so many players right now saying that they don't know who that former player is or how anonymous he is or what he's talking about. That's not something that happened at Northwestern football. I'm not saying that he knew about it or what he knew. We still got to wait until, to your point, the investigation is going to play out. But if his name was not Pat Fitzgerald, he would not be the head coach of Northwestern. And I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. I'm just saying what it is at Northwestern football because of what he's been able to do as a player, and he's had that persona out there that he's always been a good guy. And from my interactions with him, he has been a good guy. I've had a number of great interactions with him. But that doesn't mean that the university did not make a mistake by announcing this suspension so, so quick after the allegation, after the investigation, talking about these allegations and going into it. If you're at a Northwestern football program, any football program in these times, you got to make sure you do your due diligence. You cannot allow a person's character, whether you think they have great character or don't have great character, influence your decision. And I think that's clearly what happened with Northwestern. It could have been very easy, to your point, Amber, to say, we're going to suspend him indefinitely until we get to the bottom of all of this, and then you give yourself enough time and you don't put yourself in a situation that can come back and clap back at you. But because you did this, and then a former player says something after you announced the suspension, now you got to go backwards and forwards. To say that Northwest had not handled this blank storm well would be a complete understatement when it comes to the athletic program and Northwestern football. Or if he means so much to your program, like Coach Fitzgerald does, and there's nothing wrong with a guy who was a former player and has been a coach there since 2006, meaning a lot to your program. But if he means so much to your program, and so you're afraid of the optics here, which is something you should be considering as well if you're a Northwestern. Everyone knows his legacy there at Northwestern. So you're concerned about the optics that even if you are doing this independently, or even if you are being completely objective in your approach, it's not going to look that way because we all know what Coach Fitzgerald means to that program. So bring in the independent 
investigators. Allow an independent arbitrator to make the decision about how long he should be suspended, if at all. Take it out of your hands if you're the president of the university. If, in fact, you want it out of your hands because you're concerned about the optics. There were options here for Northwestern. This option, the way they've done this, handing down a two-week suspension that essentially amounts to nothing because it's during vacation time anyways for Coach Fitzgerald, and now wavering on it based on the public reaction to that because of the severity here of these allegations, it's not helping the optics by any means, and it's not helping any of us take how Northwestern is taking this seriously. Yeah, no doubt about that. It, 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 what's the old line? It doesn't matter sometimes what you believe. It only matters what you can prove. Well, Northwest is about to find that out. It only matters what they can try to prove for Pat Fitzgerald. That doesn't mean that it was the right thing to do when it comes to Northwestern football, Northwestern athletics, but more importantly, if that, if that if these allegations turn out to be true about that kind of hazing or any kind of hazing that happened and how much he did or did not know about it when it comes to the head coach, Pat Fitzgerald. Great stuff by Amber Wilson. Join me, Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio. Join us on Twitter anytime you want at Amber W Sports. That's her handle, my handle, the Coleman ESPN. And don't forget the phone number as well, the triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. You're going to hear what Bob Huggins, who wants his job back as West Virginia head basketball coach, has in common with former baseball great Roger Clemens. This is ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio. Uh, yeah, that song has a little bit different meaning, and it's had a little bit different meaning in the last three, three to four months involving Bob Huggins and West Virginia basketball. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman together. Thanks for joining us this morning on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and ESPNU. Now, weeks after Bob Huggins announced his resignation after being arrested for a DUI, an attorney for Bob Huggins claims that he never formally resigned. And he said that Huggins will sue the university if he's not reinstated. The attorney, Amber, for Bob Huggins said that his wife sent the text message, but it didn't come from Bob Huggins, even though there's a statement out there that he resigned. But his attorney is claiming that that came from a text message from Bob Huggins' wife announcing his resignation. In other words, the attorney is saying the same thing that Roger Clemens said about his wife. Mm-hmm. I didn't say I'd use performance-enhancing drugs. My wife was using it. It never ends well when you're trying to use your spouse as the reason. And just blame why, the wife. And just blame the wife why something <laughs> bad has happened to you when it came to Roger Clemens then 
And Bob Huggins right now trying to get his job back as West Virginia head coach. I don't actually hate it from a legal perspective here. Now, this is a mess, and I don't think this ends well for Bob Huggins. But in a vacuum, if this was a different scenario, I can see from a legal perspective, if you have an employment contract, and it is, in fact, your wife who texted from her phone, which is the allegation here, and she said, accept this as my... Uh, you know, husband's formally <laughs> resigning or whatever, or even if she sent it from his account and it was her. And so right. you're making the argument <laughs> that in fact it was June Huggins that sends this. So it's not legally binding because otherwise there, it has to be in writing that I'm resigning. And I never put it in writing that I'm resigning. And so what that would mean is they could still have to pay him out then on this employment contract, which feels like to me what this attorney doing is doing is just going after the money, right? No because doubt. if he resigns, then he's forfeiting the rest of his contract. If he doesn't resign and they have to fire him for cause, and it's a whole different ballgame, for cause would probably mean they don't owe him any money, but then you get into a whole minutia about what the cause was and was this a fireable offense based on his tenure and all of that. At the end of the day, none of this is making Bob Huggins look good. Though, no. Because he already didn't look good, Freddie. I mean, yeah. he didn't look good. We had, obviously, the the racist comment. So there was that mm-hmm. and that whole controversy. And mm-hmm. West Virginia retained his employment after that and kind of said, okay, you know, we're going to slap you on the wrist and you're still going to be the coach here. And then he goes and he gets this this DUI and he they allow him, it appears, they allowed him to resign instead of actually outright firing him. Exactly. But now Bob Huggins is saying, well, I never officially resigned. And all of that comes down to triggers in his employment contract to me, but none of it is helping make Bob Huggins look good moving forward. So as I understand it, <laughs> this attorney is saying, well, my client's in rehab. My client's addressing that issue, but he never actually resigned. And so still, you're going to have to pay him the money. David A. Campbell's the attorney representing Hugg- Huggins. I'm going to read exactly why he said that Huggins never gave West Virginia formal resignation. Direct quote. Based on press statements, it appears that West Virginia University is taking the position that Coach Huggins voluntarily resigned and terminated by the employment agreement in advance of April 30, 2024. That was the day his contract was set to expire. However, although the press statements, because you always can blame the press in these situations, however, although the press statements purport to have resignation communication directly from Coach Huggins to you and or the athletic director, Coach Huggins has never communicated his resignation to you, the athletic director, or anyone at West Virginia University. To the contrary, we understand that the purported resignation is incredibly based on a text message from Coach Huggins' wife, June, end quote. That's like plants and stripes. That don't match. That doesn't even make sense to me, Amber. And I'm not even a lawyer. But if you put that in a statement to say, you know what, even though you guys have a statement, it came from a text message from the coach's wife. Why would you think that that is going to fly? For well, your client. That's uni- what I want to know. The university did release an email that was sent from an account belonging to June Huggins, who is Huggins' wife, sent to the AD, Ren Breaker, uh, the day that the head coach announced his reg- resignation. The email did say, please accept this correspondence as my formal notice of resignation as WVU's head basketball coach and as notice of my retirement from West Virginia University, effective immediately. But it did come from June Huggins' account. So from a legal perspective, I, I actually... That. understand what the lawyer is doing here oh, if so in fact wow. if in fact there is no correspondence 
from Huggins himself, and it's only coming from accounts of his wife, then I can see from a legal <laughs> perspective the problem with the university <laughs> acting like Huggins terminated an employment agreement, which is a written contract, which I would imagine has language that says the contract can only be terminated if, in fact, it is terminated in writing. So from a legal perspective, I absolutely understand what's happening here. From a PR perspective, this is an absolute nightmare. Now, the university has shot back. The yeah. university is lawyers, the university's council has shot back as well. They also released a statement claiming that there's been conflicting communications from various council claiming to represent Mr. Huggins. So they're saying that they've been communicating with numerous lawyers. So this lawyer who is going after the communication from allegedly Bob Huggins' wife is a different lawyer than the lawyers who have been allegedly uh, (laughs) apparently negotiating the end of of this employment contract and his retirement benefits moving forward. So Uh, there's a lot of mess here to this story. uh There's no way Bob Huggins ends up coming out of this looking okay. But again, from a legal perspective, I actually don't think this is as crazy as most people think. Uh, It just, from a PR perspective, this is a nightmare. Amber Wilson, Freddie coming together on ESPN radio and ESPN. You two things about what you just said. Number one, if you're Bob Huggins and you allow a correspondence to resign to come from the, email of your wife and you don't know about it or you said it was okay then that's just idiotic to do something like that i don't know is it but here's the thing it's it's idiotic and i'm just going to call this out like hey west virginia you need to do better when that, you're getting the end of an employment that's agreement two. That's from, where I was from such a long two. tenured famous co- like mm. get it in writing guys right. it's not difficult and make sure the writing comes from him and by the way get a signature on it like what, what is your what is the wvu council doing i have no idea up to this point so it is bad on the university as well that yes they have allowed themselves to be in a position here where it does feel like there's this legal minutia where Bob Huggins has a lawyer who realized this. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. You didn't actually do this legally. You didn't actually end your employment agreement legally. Maybe there's some means for us here to go after wow. some of this money that's left on your contract, which is exactly what's happening. Yeah. All that legalese makes sense the way you broke it down. But, from, but, but on planet Earth, when it comes to common sense, this is just stupid. By everybody. I'm not talking about Huggins' lawyer. I'm talking about when it comes to Bob Huggins, correspondence from his wife, West Virginia accepting this correspondence. How long would it take for somebody in West Virginia to say, you know what? We can't accept this. This come from the coach's wife's account, her email. She's not employed by us. We got to get Bob Huggins on the phone and say, what is this? What's going on here? They didn't do that. They decided well- to take it because they wanted the guy out. I get it. But why would you not, to your point, Amber, why would you not legally make sure you get it in writing and not from the coach's wife's correspondence announcing his resignation? Well, and speaking of head coaches, we were just talking about Coach Fitzgerald. Like, speaking of these head coaches that are maybe a little too chummy chum with their university, right? Uh-huh. Like, that's what's happened here yeah. with Bob Huggins, where they've been, he's so long tenured, he's so well respected at West Virginia that they probably have this sort of family environment with him. We're sure. It came from June's account. Who cares? Like, they're not doing things by the book like they needed to do. And so now Bob Huggins has a lawyer who's probably realized a way to sort of exploit that, not that he's doing anything wrong legally, but essentially kind of exploit this loophole that may exist so that Bob Huggins isn't forfeiting the rest of that contract and saying that he's still actually under contract with his university. Most coaches would not go down this path at this point, though, Freddie, because most coaches 
would not want the PR backlash that is coming his way. From most people who aren't like me, who aren't lawyers themselves, who aren't looking at all of this from the legal perspective, most people are just going to look at this from the perspective of all of this continues to make Bob Huggins look terrible, and this is absolutely changing his legacy at WVO. But there are plenty of people that will be Bob Huggins supporters that will say he got railroaded, but it's all said and done, which leads to even this getting even stickier involving Bob Huggins, West Virginia, X, next, whatever that's going to be. Part of the hot ticket brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. All you got to do is experience live. So we go from that, from a guy who was regarded as a champion in the state of West Virginia, even though he's no longer the West Virginia basketball head coach, to another champion. That's not just a one-time champion, a six-time champion. That champion joins us next on ESPN Radio. This is ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman together. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Series XM Channel 80. And don't forget about us on ESPNU presented by Progressive Insurance. There are champions and then there are champions like Cody Rhodes, six-time tag team champion in the WWE, two-time Intercontinental champion. And oh, by the way, this year he won the Royal Rumble. Thank you very much. It is a pleasure to bring him here to join us here on ESPN Radio. By the way, Cody Rhodes is part of WWE's circle of champions, superstars that grant the wishes of children with life-threatening illnesses. And this year, WWE Make-A-Wish celebrated 40 years of wish granting together throughout the month of April, King of WWE's biggest event of the year, WrestleMania 39, and leading up to World Wish Day on Saturday, April 29th. And by the way, during WrestleMania 39 week, in the community, does the wish kids get together to meet Cody and other WWE superstars. You have a chance, Cody, to team with John Cena, having the most wishes granted. How does it feel to be a part of that great legacy involving Make-A-Wish and WWE combining forces together? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Oh, I, I mean, good morning. Um, I uh, the What WWE does with, with Make-A-Wish and the efforts that, that are made in terms of not just a specific superstar meeting uh, a, a young kid, it's the whole group. WWE pretty much involves everyone. It's kind of this whole gauntlet of you meet this guy, you meet this guy, you do this, you do that, and then you get to meet your superstar. I uh, I am honored to be part of that. What John has done in terms of number of wishes, uh, surpassing even Michael Jordan, is is absolutely surreal to even be in the same uh, – 
the same air and the same conversation is is really special because it's not, you know, we list all those titles and all that wonderful stuff. Uh, I'm you guys know the real stuff is 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 something like what John has done in terms of Make a Wish and having a lasting uh, impact and being able to do something special. So it's just an honor to be part of that group. Yeah, certainly the real stuff, certainly the good stuff. Cody Rhodes, WWE superstar, joining us here on ESPN Radio. So obviously, Cody, what we do here mostly at ESPN is sports. We have to ask you then about your sports allegiance. I think you grew up in Georgia, yet I've heard you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, sounds a little bandwagony. How did that happen? Hey. <laughs> Hey, so I wouldn't call it bandwagony because here's here's how it all went down. First off, growing up in Georgia, if you've ever if you know someone who grew up in Georgia, ask them. It's a tough sports place, especially with what we've gone through. <laughs> Pulling in Atlanta is a real statement. It's a real thing. Uh, you know, the Braves are always going to be good. The Dogs are always going to be good. But the reason when it came to the NFL that I'm all over the map is my oldest sister, Kristen. She tried out for the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders like five years in a row. One year they told her her butt was too big, all this stuff. And then she finally, she finally, she finally made it though. She got two great seasons. She did the calendar. uh, And that, that's where we really, you know, cause my dad and uh, the rest of my family had grown up in Texas. That's where it really became that Dallas was always going to be a team in our hearts. For me though, full bandwagon i can tell you right now i'm still looking for an nfl team i really am i still i because you can't cheer in atlanta i can't i can't go for the falcons after what we've been through i just can't i can't do it it's it's too heartbreaking and and i'm all over the map so yes i am very bandwagony any team that wants me i'm in so what are you looking for in a team if you're going to be a bandwagon fan because it does have to be a championship team fan base, uniforms. What are you looking for when it comes to that, Cody, for the NFL team that you want to be a fan of? A winning record is a good start uh, for sure. A winning record and a, and this is a true statement because I don't, I don't hate on the, the Falcons as much as maybe it sounds, but I will say this, a really good home game experience. Um, That's a special thing when you, when you're around a, some of these different markets like t- tonight uh i'm in buffalo for monday night raw uh we're here in buffalo and buffalo has an extreme sports culture uh minnesota sports culture green bay sports culture there's just i just looking for a really good home game experience okay. uh that that would be the thing I, I really like the jags i spent some time down there and watched the jags play love that stadium tiaa uh, love what they're doing with Doug and Trevor. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. A good home game experience, winning record. That's fair, although Mercedes-Benz Stadium that you guys have in Atlanta is something special. So shout out to the Falcons for getting that done. <laughs> Cody Rhodes, WWE superstar, joining us here on ESPN Radio. You mentioned that you're in Buffalo. Whenever I talk to wrestlers, the thing I marvel at most about you guys and gals is the schedule that you keep. Amen. It's remarkable professional athletes that we normally talk about and their schedules. But you guys have no off-season, and your lives are absolutely insane. How do you keep up with it all quite literally <laughs> uh the schedule is um it can be very daunting it's it's a gig that you have to really really love 
and your family too. You, if you're someone who has a family like myself, my wife, and my daughter, that love has to, everyone has to know about the passion and about the sacrifice. I am very lucky in a sense that I have my own tour bus and that's where I'm comfortably at right now. I'm very lucky because after 10 years of driving all over the roads with four wrestlers in a car screaming at each other, trying to get <laughs> food at two in the morning, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky that I'm in this uh, position. It's, it's tough, but I, I'll say this, the trade-off for what we do is is so so worth it you know wwe every city lately is and one sellout after another and there's been this really special uh thing that's happening uh with with our product which is always popular but right now it's even on a different level so that's the trade-off tonight i could be as tired and grumpy as possible body maybe a little banged up brock lesnar threw me all around last week but still <laughs> like you walk out in front of these 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 crowds and you can't just be rejuvenated. It's amazing. So for me, it's a great trade-off. And you're part of royalty because your dad is the legendary Dusty Rhodes. And now you're creating your own legacy, Cody, when it comes to being a six-time champion as a tag team champion, two-time intercontinental champion. You win the Royal Rumble. And now SummerSlam is coming up and you're a big part of that. What has it been like for you having that royalty lineage and now you created your own space, your own place, and leading into SummerSlam, what you've been able to do so far in the WWE? Well, I think a big secret that there is when it comes to second or our third generation wrestlers, I, and honestly, this uh, this trickles down to any athlete um, that your your parent came before you and did something great. Is the thing you don't always say is, "Yeah, I want to honor them. I want to honor my mom or my dad," but also you want to be better than they were, right. and, and not in a, like a negative way. You want to you want to take it a step further and. Um, you know, for me, winning the Royal Rumble, you mentioned, um, you know, my dad passed away in 2015 and it's it's such a it's so unique that he's not able to really see it. But I feel like he's still here with me, of course. But to be able to do some things that he never touched. And I mean, Dusty did everything. So to be able to win the Royal Rumble, to go to WrestleMania and be the main event of the the biggest thing that's ever involved the wrestling ring since, you know, the turn of the century, I I I'm I'm blessed. I'm lucky, but I still I'm still on the hunt. You know, you mentioned SummerSlam tonight, Buffalo. I'm excited because I, I hopefully I'm going to get a get talk about what I'm going to do at SummerSlam, but still on the hunt to find my own legacy, because that's the, the tricky thing when you're in these families is you, you want to look at everybody on a different page and say, oh, they were different. They did this and he was different. He did this and just. That's my way of honoring them is trying to be better than both dad, brother. And, uh, you know, that's that's certainly a struggle because they, they laid out a great path. Well, Cody, you continue to do your thing, man. You continue to create your own path. And believe me, everybody is so proud of you, not just for your success, but the person, the man that you continue to be, man. Continue success. Enjoy everything with Make-A-Wish and also SummerSlam. And thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio. Thank you, guys. You have a good morning. And I do like Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I do. The food is really cheap. It is. I do. That is I true. do. It's a beautiful stadium. It's too bad I can't serve Chick-fil-A on Sundays, but we're going to try to work on that with Chick-fil-A when it's all said and done. No doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, thanks, Thank you, guys. Thank you, my friend. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do. You do. We all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, 
happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman together. Thanks for joining us this morning on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Don't forget about us on ESPN and Series X and Channel 80. 12 NFL teams are looking to end their Super Bowl droughts. We're going to do the Freddie and Amber scale on one to five. One being the worst, five being the best. Our confidence level with their team ending their Super Bowl drought. We bring in our man Nuno, Nuno, Nuno to share to give us the teams and we'll let the confidence scale fly right now with NFL teams ending their Super Bowl droughts. All right, I think this one's a pretty easy one. The Atlanta Falcons, and Amber, I'll start with you. On a scale of one to five, what's your confidence in them ending their Super Bowl drought this year? A one? Uh, I don't have any confidence that the Atlanta Falcons are going to end up in a Super Bowl this year. The only thing that I think Atlanta Falcons fans should be looking forward to is hoping that they found their quarterback, Freddie, and also Uh their head coach, because Arthur Smith is somebody, I think, who could be in a hot seat if the Falcons have another bad bad season. So the Falcons are in a building mode. They're not in a win a Super Bowl now mode, Freddie. They're not winning anything. Yeah, what she said. Desmond Ritter, they're hoping that he's going to be the guy quarterback they lose out on Matt Ryan for another year because he retired but I'm with you if I could go zero I would go that but the scale is one to five so I'm gonna I'm with you one with the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> all right the Buffalo Bills they've been there they got close obviously wide right um they've never won so on a scale of one to five Amber What's your confidence in them and in their Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl drought this year? I mean, I have to put somebody at five, right? Otherwise, I'm not going to end up putting anybody at five. But uh-huh. if I'm going to put a team at five, it's probably the Buffalo Bills out of this list of teams who haven't gotten to do it yet. I think that the Buffalo Bills are still an excellent team. I understand that they have had some disappointments here in the postseason because of where the expectations are. That's still a darn good Buffalo Bills team, Freddie, with a darn good yeah. quarterback. Yeah. I'm going to give it a three, and here's why. Because last year, they did not handle being the hunting instead of the hunter really well. And they got the blood beaten out of by the Cincinnati Bengals in that in that uh, that game in the playoffs on their home floor. So I'm going to say it's a three. I still want to see exactly how they can rebound from all those expectations that they did not fulfill. Many people thought that they were going to be that team. 
that was going to take down Kansas City, and they did not even get out of the second round once again. So I'll put that as a three on the one-to-five scale with the Buffalo Bills. All right, the Cincinnati Bengals were in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So, Amber, on a scale of one to five, what's your confidence level in them ending their Super Bowl drought this year? So this is the other droughted team that I would give a five to because, of course, we've seen them there. But more importantly, because they have the second best quarterback, Freddie, in the entire NFL. And I know both of you and I agree on that. My list is coming up at 830. You already revealed, yeah. though, that yeah. Joe Burrow was your second best quarterback right. in the National Football League. I think we believe that each and every season, this team around Burrow figures it out even more. It was remarkable what he did in that season. They got to the Super Bowl when he had no protection in front of him. The Bengals continue to put him in a better position to win. It doesn't pan out in terms of a Super Bowl again last season, but they were right there on the cusp and there's every reason to believe they can get it done. Yeah, I'm with you on the five because they got everything you want. They got the offensive line. They got the receivers. They got the quarterback. Joe Mixon has proven to be that kind of running back that you can build the team around. The defense is sneaky. Keep an eye on B.J. Hill, defensive tackle. I think he's going to make a Pro Bowl this year. Trey Hendrickson can rush the passer from the outside. I know they lost some in the secondary. They'll figure that out, but I'm with you. I got the Bengals on my scale of 1-5 to five as a 5 in the Super Bowl drought. All right, the Cleveland Browns, they'll have a full year of Deshaun Watson. So, Amber, on a scale of 1-5, to five, what's your confidence in them ending their Super Bowl drought? I guess I'll give them something like a three. I mean, I think that they're going to be improved from last season. How could they not be improved from last season? It's hard to imagine Deshaun Watson is the quarterback that we saw him be in the small snippet that we saw last season. He will have that time. He will be coming into training camp. This is the first real season. It feels like we're watching Deshaun Watson with this Cleveland Browns team. They had the pieces around him already. We thought it was going to go better, frankly, than it did at the end of the season last year for Cleveland. But again, because of that Deshaun Watson suspension, it wasn't a season that you felt like you could evaluate Cleveland whatsoever. I think moving forward, it's a team that, sure, it wouldn't shock me if they were in a postseason run. I'm not expecting it per se, but I think that uh, you can have some confidence in that team. Yeah, I'm with you in terms of they'll be improved, and I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I'm still going to put it as a one. Something always wow. seems something always seems where the Browns are going to Brown. We've seen that time and time again. Anytime you expect anything out of them, they take a couple of steps back. We don't expect anything out of them, they move a little bit forward. That's just been them. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Until I actually see it sustained over a two, three year period, I'm gonna give the Browns a one on a confident scale of ending this Super Bowl drought in twenty twenty three. All right. A lot of people's preseason darling, the Detroit Lions. On a scale of one to five, Amber, what's your confidence in this team and in their Super Bowl drought? I mean, like a one. I don't. Everyone is always so hot on this Detroit Lions <laughs> team. I, I don't get it fully. I, I don't think that they have the pieces in place to do it. I think it's always overstated. I think it's a hard knocks hangover where everybody fell in love with Dan Campbell. I've never quite felt the same way about this Detroit team, Freddie. So I don't have much confidence. It's not that I think they're going to be terrible by any means. I'm right. not suggesting that. I'm just talking about in terms of winning a Super Bowl. Right. I don't think they've got the goods. Yeah, I'm going to say that's a two. I think they'll win the division. I can see them winning the NFC North, but just because you get to the playoffs, that's not a, that's not a guarantee that you're going to have a great run in the playoffs. We don't see that. But I will say this about Dan Campbell. He's got a bunch of Dan Campbell guys that will fight you until the last second. And that's the kind of team you want. Remember, they started last year 1-6. and six. They finished their final six games 5-1. and one. That has all the makings of carrying over being a division winner, but I'm with you. I don't have that much confidence being in the Super Bowl, 
but I give them a two, even though you're not a fan of Dan Campbell. Everyone loves and, themselves, Dan Campbell. And, and, I, and I wonder why. He's still the same coach that went one and six the first half of the season. But he's also the Dan coach Campbell, that went five and one. I mean, just putting it out there. <sighs> he, he was a, his team made the adjustments. I think, I think Amber's still burnt by the fact that he's not doing that for a Dolphins. I well, I, I, no, I'm I'm fine with the fact that he's no longer on the coaching staff of the Dolphins, <laughs> and I even remember what it was like when he was the interim head coach of the Dolphins. Okay. have fun, Detroit. Yeah. Victor Wimbyama had a lot more fun on Sunday than he did on Friday. That's next. This is ESPN Radio. More next.